0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people, and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 32 called The Golden Calf.
1: We're going to be in Exodus chapter 32 as we continue to move through the book of Exodus. The golden calf is before us. Uh, Before we jump into the first six verses, and that's all we're going to cover tonight, I'm going to ask you to turn to Romans 15. Hold a place in Exodus 32. Turn to Romans chapter 15. Once you've got it, if you're able to stand with us, let's stand together. As we read, there's a couple of uh, New Testament passages that comment on the value of of learning from the past specifically learning from the old testament and it begins this way in Romans chapter 15 Matthew Mark Luke John Acts Romans 15:1 Now we who are strong Romans 15:1 ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves Romans 15:2 Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good To his edification or his building up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then one more to your right is First Corinthians. The next book over to your right, chapter 10. Uh, let me just show you one other encouraging section. This is more of a, the value of the warnings of the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 10 Look at verse six, and then we'll skip ahead to verse eleven. Now these things happened as examples for us. This is First Corinthians ten six, so that we would not crave evil things as they also crave. The the they is Old Testament Israel. Verse eleven. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come amen. You can have a seat. Father, thank you so much for the folks that are here. We read those two introductory passages to know that the scriptures give us both encouragement and warning, encouragement that we could have hope if we're feeling weak tonight or uh, without strength, that we would be one who could strengthen someone else and encourage somebody else. And I know that the room is filled with encouragers. Thank you for them. But also in 1 Corinthians 10, that the things that were written about Old Testament Israel were for our warning. And Corinth was largely a Gentile church, so what was written about Old Testament Israel was written for instruction and warning that we would not do the same things that they did, that we would avoid falling into the traps that so easily Entangle us, the sin which so easily entangles us. Lord, help us because we know our proclivity to wander. We know our proclivity perhaps even to turn back to Egypt, as we're going to see tonight. And we know our proclivity even to turn to idols, idols from our past, idols even that are around us at the present. Oh, how we need your help. And we know that you're a God that wants to help. You sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. You uh, are our advocate in heaven, Jesus. We know we have help from heaven. And, And part of our help is the encouragement of the scriptures, that we might learn, that we might avoid doing silly and hurtful things like Israel did. Would you help us in that endeavor, Lord, as we have ears to hear what the Spirit would say to us tonight? May you be glorified in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Exodus 32, the famous story of the golden calf, is where we are tonight. And as we are going to read the account together and study through it, we have come to a a bit of a crossroads in the text. If you take a look at the very last verse of Exodus 31, we have these words, and this is uh, a verse that Alex uh, left because it leads into the next section, and here's what it says when he had finished speaking with him upon Mount Sinai, he, the he is God, gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, and then famously written by the finger of God. Now you could say, meanwhile, back at the camp, because what's happened is that Moses has gone up to receive these instructions. And specifically, he's received now the instructions for the tabernacle and the worship that will happen within the nation of Israel. He's gotten the uh, dimensions of the tabernacle, the furnishings for the tabernacle, uh, even the people who are going to make the uh, furnishings, etc., the holy anointing oil, the priestly garments, the priests that will be set apart for God's purposes. It's all been laid out. But all of this has happened as Moses has been up on the mountain and he has been receiving these things from the Lord. And so the, the people of Israel have been waiting for him. And you might recall that the Bible tells us that Moses was up on the mountain, remember? 40 days and 40 nights. Now, when we study our Bible, the number 40 in the Bible is a number that has to do with testing and even the idea of perfecting. Jesus was in the wilderness, tempted by the devil for 40 days. Israel ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years. This number 40 is very significant. And in this case, when Moses goes up on the mountain, you could see the number 40, 40 days and 40 nights as a number of testing. How will Israel do as they wait upon the Lord for further instruction? Now, something that you need to know is that they have already gotten some instruction from the Lord and agreed upon it, agreed to it. And this is, uh, let's backtrack just for a second. Go to Exodus 23. Let me remind you, because uh, from chapter 25 on, what has happened is uh, Moses has been up on the mountain. So we've been seeing what's happened between God and Moses, but it's easy to forget what's happening with the people. So if you go back to chapter 23, look at the last two verses of chapter 23. It reads this way. God says, you shall make no covenant with them or with their gods, small g, Exodus twenty-three thirty-three. They shall not live in your land lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. So God, already before the promised land is even gonna happen, God is warning against what? the idea of idolatry, the idea of false gods and goddesses. And so that when, when uh, chapter 24 unfolds, God invites, he, he says uh, to Moses, come up to the Lord and uh, the group comes up and I'm just giving you a little bit of uh, backtracking, but notice what happens. This is verse three of Exodus 24. Moses came and recounted to the people All the words of the Lord and all the ordinances and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has spoken, we will do. Now, something you need to remember is Moses does go up to God and come back down several times. And on one of the times that he's come back down, he has shared with them the 10 commandments. They already know them. They've already been laid out before the people. So there is knowledge of what God requires. So, notice what it says. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord, 24 4. Then he arose early in the morning. He built an altar at the foot of the mountain with 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. He sent young men of the sons of Israel, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins. The other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar, probably representing the people and the Lord. Then he took the book of the covenant, read it in the hearing of the people. I mentioned to you this when we went through this last time, that this is what's called ketubah language, marriage, covenant, contract, language. On Sinai, God is making a covenant with Israel, and he says, this is what I'm going to do, this is what you're going to do. The requirements or the commitments are being made by the groom and the, the bride, if you will and then it's sealed in the blood. So he takes the book, he reads it to them. Uh, the blood is sprinkled, and it says, all the Lord has spoken, what did they say? We will do, we will be obedient. How many times have you said, okay, I'm never going to do that again. Right now, I make my stand. I will not go back to that. Perhaps it would be an addiction. Perhaps it would be a response. And you've made a declaration, perhaps. I've made my share. All right, I'm not going to ever do that again. You're not going to find me in that line again, doing that thing again. But we know how weak we can be. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, notice, and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And now in verses 9 through 11, there's a beautiful covenant meal. Following the contract, there's a covenant meal. They see the God of Israel, verse 10, as they go up. They eat and drink. That's the end of 11. Now the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain, verse 12, and remain there, and I will give you the stone tablets with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses arose with Joshua, his servant. Moses went up to the mountain of God. But to the elders, he said, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and her remember Aaron, he'll be a central part of this story, are with you, whoever has a legal matter, let him approach them. Then Moses went up to the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud, And to the eyes of the sons of Israel, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was something like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. And Moses entered the midst of the cloud as he went up to the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now, from chapter 25 all the way to the end of 31, What we've had before us is instruction to Moses as he went up for 40 days and 40
2: nights.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a
2: moment. You can watch Pastor Michael's teachings in their entirety. 19 chapters later, you're off the hook. We know sometimes you hear Pastor Michael mention slides and we have made sure you have access to all the videos from his Sunday teachings. The modern application could be the power of the sword with for example a police officer watching the videos can also be a good way to see how animated pastor michael can be on stage even if you have to gulp after you've prayed it and lord one more thing not my will you can watch the video from today's teaching when you visit walkintruth.com We also live stream one of our Sunday morning services. Pastor Michael prefers you attend your church Sunday mornings or visit our church, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, as fellowship is important. But you are invited to watch the 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time service anytime. Jesus is coming again. Do you believe it? To watch Pastor Michael's teachings and to follow our YouTube channel for live streams, you can find the links and information on walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. And the
1: cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. And to the eyes of the sons of Israel, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was something like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. And Moses entered the midst of the cloud as he went up to the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now, from chapter 25 all the way to the end of 31 what we've had before us is instruction to Moses as he went up for 40 days and 40 nights. And specifically, he's getting obviously the tablets of stone, but he's, get, he's gotten all the instruction about the tabernacle and we've been learning about that together if you've been with us and we've seen all that detail. And now that is done. And now all the instruction has been given and Moses receives the two stone tablets, that's 31, 18. And Moses is about to go down now. With his, fl- his face glowing, ready to get going. You ever had one of those mountaintop experiences? And you think everybody back in the valley must feel the same way I do. You go up to the retreat. You are surrounded by nature. You listen to praise songs. You turn off some of the devices. You get into the word of God. You get some great fellowship. And down the mountain you come. And you're glowing. Ah! And you think, all right, this is it. Everybody's going to be on board. I'm bringing down the law, the, the two tablets. Come on. Meanwhile, back at the camp, it ain't looking good. Because the people have taken a different posture. Moses has been up with the Lord, but the people have been down in the valley. And here's how the text unfolds before us in Deuteronomy, or, I'm sorry, Exodus 32 after we see all the introductory uh, sections that I've read, it says, Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, we read about the 40 days and 40 nights, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, We do not know what has become of him. Now, apparently all it took was a little bit more than a month for the people to return to Egypt in their hearts. Now, one thing that we do need to say is that they've only been out of Egypt for a couple of months, right? I mean, it's been a relatively short time. And for 400 years, the people of Israel were in bondage in Egypt And it's, you know, one thing to get the people out of Egypt. It's another thing to get Egypt out of the people, if you know what I'm saying. And so we all, from an application standpoint, we come out of the world, right? Some of you grew up in the church. Some of you did not. You came out of Egypt with all of its idols, all of its gods and goddesses with a small g. And when you did, you came into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps you said the sinner's prayer. You got baptized. You were born again of the Holy Spirit. And that's wonderful, and what a blessing that is. But that doesn't guarantee that you're not going to be tempted to go back to Egypt. In fact, I would say probably more of you than not have been tempted on many occasions to return to Egypt, and perhaps to return there when the Lord didn't make sense. When perhaps there was something like we would call a divine delay. Sometimes God takes longer than we think he should take. Sometimes we have questions about what's going on. The people are at the bottom of the mountain, Moses has gone up on the mountain. He walked into fire. Some people might start chattering in the camp. You know, people don't walk into fire and come back. However, he has done that on several occasions. We must remember he's gone up and come back. So that's not the issue. Do they not know where Moses is? I think they know exactly where he is. He's up on the mountain again. They're quite aware where he is. But the timeline is not in full agreement with their timeline. They are growing impatient. Now they are exactly where God wants them in the wilderness waiting upon the Lord. They are going through a test 40 days and 40 nights. However, they have grown gone uh, or grown impatient. Now I don't know if it's all of them. I don't know if the Levites are going to try to take exception to this. We don't really know for sure, but we know that the man who's supposed to be the first high priest of Israel is at the center of this sin, at the center of what what you would call the fall of Israel. Some scholars have compared this section to Genesis 3, the famous fall chapter, and one writer said that this section is almost like someone committing adultery on their wedding night. Because Israel has made a commitment to God. They've heard the ketubah. They've heard the covenant contract. They've heard the requirements. And they have responded in the affirmative. I I mentioned to you that when I do a wedding, I will say, you know, I'll give a charge. Do you promise to do this, 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 and this? And the, the groom will say, I will. I'll say to the almost bride, do you promise to do this, this, this? And she says, I will. And then they'll do vows to one another. Do you take this person to be so forth and so on? And they seal the covenant with family watching. And they say, as God is my witness, I give you my promise. Well, Israel has made that commitment. All that the Lord has said we will do, we will be obedient. And then the blood sealed the covenant and a covenant meal. But it didn't take long, did it? Until The the way they talk about Moses, you would think that he was just some stranger. That guy who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know where he's gone, right? We need a new leader. (laughs) We need a new God. That's how fickle the people are. But these things have been written for our instruction and for our encouragement that we would not repeat the same mistakes that Israel made, amen? And so we need to learn What are the things that move us away from the Lord? What are the gods with a small g that cause us to be enamored? At the first sign of trouble, the people's tendency was to return to Egypt. And I think the more that you mature in the Lord, the more perhaps you will fight that. But I think it's an ever-present thing that you have to be aware of. That when the Lord doesn't make sense, when things are difficult, when there are divine delays, it can be difficult and you can start to say, what do I do now? What is going on with God? And perhaps you start thinking about going back to Egypt and maybe that's for you something that you would say, that's exactly what I tend to do. I tend to want to return to the same old things that I'm used to. Is he coming back? You can hear the talk in the camp. Has he permanently abandoned us? Has he left us to find our own way? Well, all these things come up and Ephraim the Syrian wisely commented that the absence of Moses simply gave the Israelites the opportunity, listen to this, quote, to worship openly what they had been worshiping already in their hearts, close quote. You know, sometimes at the first sign of trouble, it will reveal where we're at. What kind of depth we have?
0: You've been listening to The Golden Calf, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 32, 1 through 6. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with a question that you might have had on the teaching today or maybe you have a question about something else or you need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you would like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Once more, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, the classic
1: golden calf incident, man, it brings up a lot, doesn't it? And for some, it may bring up the temptation, the very real temptation to go back to our idols, to raise up our golden calves, as it were. And why would anyone do that? Well, in the case of Israel, they were a little bit perplexed. Moses had been gone for quite some time, and they didn't know what happened to him, and they were impatient, and Aaron you know, got caught up in it, and it was an ugly scene. And sometimes we want to go back to our golden calves, but let me just ask you, uh, what would you go back to if you walked away from your faith? If you walked away from the Lord, what does the world have for you? When you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, there's no place else to go. Peter said it, Lord, to whom else will we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. I know sometimes there are tough questions. I've been a Christian for over three decades, and I can tell you there's been some perplexing moments, and sometimes I do legitimately, I, I, I would be sincere in saying to you, I sometimes say, Lord, I don't understand this, I don't get it, and I don't know what you're doing. And I don't even know how to put the dots together right now, but I trust you. And that can be enough. Even in your doubts, you can read some of the Psalms and some of the Psalms are, you know, very real about, Lord, I'm struggling. Where are you? You know, my, I'm being mocked. My tears have been my food, all that stuff. You might get into the Psalms for a while. Let them be medicine for your soul. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. We're excited that you are walking with us through the book of Exodus as we look at the golden calf incident. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing on the broadcast. If you want to know more about us and how to pray for us, partner with us, or even make a comment about how the ministry has been a blessing to you, all of that can be done at walkintruth.com. There's a comment section. There's a way to donate there. In the comment section, you could put a prayer request if you'd like. It's all available at walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and I'm looking forward to bringing you part two of this message, Lord willing,
0: right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. Or you can always give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 32, 1-6, called The Golden Calf. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.